Welcome to That Hockey Show, broadcasting live from Aruga's Grill House and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York, where the game is always on. It's time for Wednesday Night Hockey, so let's drop the puck with your host, Paul Cuthbert. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to That Hockey Show, broadcasting live from Aruga's Grill House and Sports Bar right here in downtown Rockville Center, New York. Debut of Wednesday Night Hockey here at Arugas. I want to thank uh, Arugas big time for getting behind and supporting hockey here. Not only here in the New York area, but uh, all across the nation here as we uh, kick things off here. My name is Paul Cuthbert. Pleasure to be here as we uh, give this bit of a launch here. We're going to do Wednesday Night Hockey's every other night here at Arugas. Uh, going to have some great specials here and some great special guests coming up. In the next couple of weeks as we take this to the end of the NHL regular season. It's a hot time in the league right now as a lot of teams are making the push for the playoffs positioning. Uh, the All-Star game just wrapped up. we got a great uh, stadium game this week, uh, this weekend I should say, between the uh, Kings and the Colorado Avalanche. And then all the uh, extracurricular festivities kind of wrap up and all these teams will start Gunning towards the playoffs. Uh, Wednesday night also is the game of the week with NHL on NBC. And tonight here at Arugas, they'll be featuring the Montreal Canadiens, who will be playing the Boston Bruins this evening at home in Boston. Both teams coming off losses, but 3-1 uh, and one in their last four. Canadians trying to grab in that uh, last wild card spot. Just about eight points out. A bunch of teams in that pack there in the uh, uh, Eastern Conference there trying to get in. As well, and the Boston's are the kings of the league right now. Tops just uh, gunning to get back into the Stanley Cup Finals where they were last year, and uh, looking to get another crack at it. And they're firing all cylinders. So, what we have going on tonight here? I have two special guests that will be calling in and speaking to us. Sean Hutchin, who covers the Bruins for the Fourth Period, which is a great publication, a great hockey publication. Check them out. And my good friend Liam McGuire calling in from Ottawa. He's a, uh, you could call him a Habs insider, and he's also an NHL historian, and he's got a great new book out, too. He's also an author, and we'll talk about that a little bit, too. He has a, uh, a book on the real Ogie, which is based on the Oglethorpe uh, character in the movie Slapshot. So Liam's a guest, and he'll be on here a little later on, about 11.35. So once again, just to let everybody know what's going on here, like I said, you're more than welcome down if you're listening on air in the archives here, as most people will be. Uh, we will be live here on select dates. Uh, every Wednesday, uh, every other Wednesday, I should say, starting after tonight. And come down and watch the game. We're going to have great specials here for all the hockey fans. If you do come down on a hockey jersey, you get half-price drinks. And we've got a lot of all the surprises that will be coming our way right here at Arugas. And really excited to uh, get involved. And uh, I'll be making some uh, other cool announcements of what's going on down here at Arugas. They have live entertainment here on the weekends and some special nights all week long. It's an absolutely beautiful place. Uh, and I have... I'll be happy to say you could eat off the floor in here. It's so clean. That's what I love about it. 50 widescreen TVs all around and about. So uh, whether you are a hockey fan, baseball, football, NASCAR, UFC, all the UFC fights are here too. Uh, you can watch anything down here at Arugas. It's just a super place to come down and check it out. Once again, it's 49 North Village Road in Rockville Center. And it's just steps away from the Rockville Center train station. So all you folks in the city, don't be shy coming out and hang out at Rugas. It's going to be a great time. Um, once again, like I said, we're covering the uh, National Hockey League. Just to give a little insight on me. 
Um, Go Hockey Media is my company, and we run a couple of different podcasts. And a few years ago, we used to do a, a whole bunch of network stuff. But we're back in action here. That hockey show here is going to be uh, pretty much based here at Arugas. We're really looking forward to it and being a part of it. And again, can't thank Arugas for getting behind me and the um, and our network here as we push things on. Have a couple of uh, radio pro- uh, other radio podcasts, Rangers, and uh, we also cover uh, another general thing I do with Liam. Actually, who's going to be on here too. Um, and then we'll be expanding our broadcasting as we move forward here. So once again, it's an exciting time if you're a hockey fan. Definitely are an Islanders fan. They're, uh, they don't want to lose, which is great stuff. So they'll be getting back into the playoffs this year. And no doubt uh, playing like world beaters, uh, winning big games, big win against the Capitals the other night. So they're for real. The Rangers themselves have been playing really well as of late, too, trying to sort out their goaltending situation. Obviously, the uh, skepticism about uh, who, who will be traded and who won't be traded, whether it's Georgiev or Hank Lundqvist. And maybe cried on a couple other guys as the Rangers trying to figure out how they're going to continue with their future as well. So we'll be covering uh, all different kind, all the teams in the league here as we go forward, and definitely a focus on the Rangers and the Islanders. And I'll get into the Rangers and Islanders a little later on. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to try and do something here every week called New York Skate of Mind, and we'll have some uh, you know writers and uh, journalists who cover both the uh, the local teams here. We'll do a little devil stuff as well. Nothing wrong with that. But all this great stuff is coming up, so we're really excited. We're just getting started here today, and thanks to everybody who is here here uh, tonight live. It's great. And again, everybody that will be following us. So we will be available on all platforms, iTunes and Spotify and Google. Wherever you listen to your podcast, we'll be out there. So if you can't get down here live and you don't get to miss the show, you can always check it out, uh, what's going on. And I will have uh, a lot of great special co-hosts that will be here live here at Arugas, and we're really excited about some of the announcements that we do have some really uh, popular people that will be coming down here uh, in the coming weeks. So it's great stuff. So once again, we're kicking things off. We're going to do a quick break here, our first break of the night. And coming back, we're going to speak to Sean Hutchin, and we'll talk about the Bruins as they head into this game against their arch rivals here, the Montreal Canadiens. Once again, that hockey show live from Arugas, and we'll be right back after this. Arugas of Rockville Center, the best sports bar experience, period. Full kitchen, 44 taps, and every seat in the house has a great view of all your favorite sports in action on 50 widescreen TVs. Every UFC fight, all MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL games, NASCAR, and more. Arugas is home of the notoriously B.I.G. Pretzel and serves all your favorite bar food, including award-winning free-range wings with 20 choices of sauce. In addition to great weeknight specials, Arugas presents Long Island's best bands on Fridays and Saturday nights for a -a one-of-a-kind live music experience. Arugas is a great place to host a party or have us cater it right at your own home. Can't make it out during the week? Arugas provides takeout and delivery. Arugas does it all, and you can have it all. Located at 49 North Village Avenue in Rockville Center, New York, just steps away from the Rockville Center train station. Call us today at 516-744-9464 or visit arugas.com and click on our location. Arugas, this is your turn. Hey, Long Island and New York City hockey fans, tune in to the all-new That Hockey Show on THSRadio.com. 
Broadcasting live on select Wednesday nights from Aruga's Grill House and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York, where the game is always on. Join your host, Paul Cuthbert, at 7 p.m. for a pregame show before the puck drops at 8 p.m. for the game of the week. Skate on down with your line mates for great prizes and giveaways, craft beers, full menu, and lots of hockey-themed specials. Go to THSRadio.com for complete schedule and list of upcoming special guest hosts and featured interviews. That hockey show, Arugas, Wednesday nights. It's a natural hat trick. Every night is a great night at Aruga's Grill House and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York. Home of the notorious B.I.G. Pretzel, 44 taps, and 50 widescreen TVs. Come in early every Monday through Friday for happy hour and enjoy half-price drinks and wings 4 to 6 p.m. Wear your medical ID and get half-price taps and apps on Medical Mondays. Tuesday night is poker night with half-price apps 6 p.m. to close. Kids also eat free on Mondays and Tuesdays with the purchase of an adult entree. Select Wednesdays, we host Paint Night, and you can sing your heart out on Karaoke Thursdays. Party with the best Long Island bands every Friday and Saturday night, and then get half-price apps and drinks on our Sunday industry nights starting at 8 p.m. Arugas does it all, and you can have it all. Located at 49 North Village Avenue in Rockville Center, New York, just steps away from the Rockville Center train station. Call us today at 516-744-9464 or visit arugas.com and click on our location. Arugas, this is your turf. That hockey show is always live and archived at THSRadio.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at That Hockey Show. Like us on Facebook at THS Radio. Now, don't just glide through the neutral zone on a back check, you slacker. Get in the game. That Hockey Show with Paul Cuthbert skates on right now. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to That Hockey Show live from Arugas here in Rockville Center, New York. And joining me right now, an old friend, Mr. Sean Hutchin, uh, who covers the Boston Bruins for the fourth period up there in uh, Beantown. Sean, good evening. How you doing? And uh, welcome aboard That Hockey Show. Thank you very much. I, uh, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Good, man. Always welcome. Always welcome. Been a long time since me and you talked, but uh, a pleasure to be back here and uh when we did used to talk a couple of years ago, the Bruins were on top, and they're back on top again here. Uh, so with uh, Coach Cassidy, obviously the changes a couple of years ago with uh, Claude Julian, who'll be on the other side of the ice here tonight. Uh, but take us through uh, how the teams responded so far, uh, you know, after the loss in the finals last year, and, and now they're, they're, it looks like they're gunning to just get back there as quickly as they can, Sean. That's spot on right there. That's the whole attitude of the team this season. Uh, unfinished business. You know, they went to uh, the Game 7, lost it at home. That stung. And still stings this team. And they're, you know, they came back with that fire lit under them. And the only thing that will satisfy them is winning the Stanley Cup. And uh, so far, I mean, they're, the way the season has gone for them, except for maybe a little low in the end of December, part of January, uh, this team has been firing on all cylinders throughout the season. And Sean, what do, you, what do you credit that to? Just the, uh, I mean, you talk about some of the main characters on this team, um, you know, carrying this team, the goaltending as well as far as, far as you know, uh, 
you know, Rask and, and everybody else on the team and, and just who, who's really kind of, you know, taking things forward here, uh, you know, as far as, you know, Char obviously is the longtime legend here. Um, you know, that guy just, just is unstoppable. The young guy, McAvoy, which is a Long Island guy here we love from uh, Long Beach. Uh, great to see him out there as well, too. But is it more on the defensive end, or is it, uh, you know, marching up front and the, and the guys, or is it just kind of a, a collective effort here uh, of all these guys getting together and, uh, and, and firing on all cylinders together? It's definitely the collective effort. Uh, this team, I, I think the young guys are, are really maturing and learning their roles and, and playing to their strength. Uh, they also know that the core group, as you mentioned, Dano Chara, uh, Tuka Rath, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Brad Marchand. They're, they're not old by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, some may say Chara is at 42. But, you know, the years, they've, they've, over the years, they've played a lot of hockey and between the NHL and playoffs and international hockey. Uh, and so time is beginning to run out on them. So I think the young players are saying, you know, let's do it for them. They, they deserve a Stanley Cup. These guys have won one. They've been to the final three times. It's time for another one. So they're really putting such a strong effort, and they've combined to become a very close unit uh, from top on down. And it is. It's a collective effort, and uh, that's, that's what you're seeing, and, and it's paying off. No doubt. And the, and the team, as far as you know, uh, they've been coming out. They're 3-1 and themselves here, the Canadians well. Uh, the Bruins there losing to uh, the Red Wings there the other night. Um, just uh, as far as the, the current vibe, and how do you feel them coming into this game? I mean, it seems like this is a, a great game for both of these teams coming off the loss, but also both playing well. Canadians in a different situation, obviously, uh, you know, fighting to get into that wild card spot. The Bruins kind of in, uh, in good shape here, too, as well. But uh, do you think the Bruins, uh, there's no doubt it doesn't matter where the standings are right now, where both these teams are playing. Uh, they look forward to this, uh, this show tonight, and they're going to go out it pretty hard. Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, Bruins are only one point ahead of Tampa Bay in the uh, Atlantic Division, so they need the two points. Uh, as you say, they've been playing really well uh, in the last ten games. They're seven, two, and one, uh, while Tampa has gone eight, one, and one. So they're, the Lightning are right on their heels. Uh, Canadians, I mean, they're only uh, six points. I think I checked this morning. Uh, I think they're only six points out of that second wild card playoff spot. They do have two teams ahead of them, but. I wouldn't write them off. I mean, they're they're a proud organization, and they could make the playoffs when it's all said and done. So, uh, and then this is Boston, Montreal. It's one of the biggest rivalries in all of sports, and you can expect anything and everything. And uh, each team gets up for this game, and it, it, it's a big one for sure. And anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And sure, let me ask you this: yourself covering the team. Uh, for all these years, and uh, you know, obviously this year as well. Is there anything that's really kind of stood out for you, or a specific individual here that's kind of maybe surprised you? Um, again, they had a great season last year and, and got to the finals. It's it's kind of tough to kind of nitpick a team that's you know got this championship kind of pedigree here. But is there anything that stood out for you uh, this season so far above the you know continued re- regular season success that they've had? Um, I think there are two players. Um who are standing out this year that I think are playing above expectations. Uh, the first one being forward Anders Bjork. He's uh, been all up and down the lineup from first line to fourth line. He seems to have settled in pretty well on the, uh, the third line with uh, 
uh, uh, I'm sorry, my mind. <laughs> uh, Charlie Coyle and, uh, and and whoever's on the right side. Uh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, Anders Bjorko, as I say, he, he played in uh, Notre Dame, came out of high, you know, a heralded goal scorer, big point producer, struggled at the start of his career. He, he spent a lot of time in the minors, two or three years in the minors. And he was told, you need to work on your defensive game, and then you'll be an NHL player. And he's made that commitment. He went down to the minors. He worked on his defensive game. He's come back up to Boston, and he's got great wheels, unbelievable speed, great offensive skills. Now he's playing the 200-foot game, and he's a regular in the lineup now, and he's a player that won't be coming out of the lineup anytime soon. The other player is on defense is Brandon Carlo. Uh, you know, the big guy, 6'3", 6'4", 220, 225 pounds. A very defensive deep defenseman. Now he's starting to add a little bit of offense to his game, carrying the puck more, uh, playing a little more physically than he did. And uh, he's become a real mainstay on defense. And he's playing against some of the top lines now, which is Beto Chara uh, and or Charlie McAvoy. And uh, also he's put in time with uh, Tory Crew. So he's very versatile. And uh, he's, he's becoming a real vital player for this team. That's great. Sounds like it's rounding out. So let's, let's talk about those two guys. Number one, we got to talk about Chara. Um, you know, you're covering this team. You see him every night, his work ethic, uh, what he brings to the team. Um, you you got to kind of be amazed at, at the fact of uh, his conditioning at his age. Uh, still such an amazing presence, not only on the Bruins, but uh, in the league as well. Um, anything you can just kind of uh, observe from uh, you seeing them every every week and every day that you, you might want to share that maybe uh, you know us fans here in New York don't see. I think the fact that he's been able to change his game. He's evolved from a player who was uh, considered to be an offensive defenseman, um, relied on to be the, the heavyweight as well at times, and over the last three four years he's changed that into being more of a defensive defenseman. Uh, he still likes to throw the big hits, but he knows the game has changed into one from a physical, a lot of physical contact, into one of skill and speed. And he's worked on his skating each and every day of the last three years. It's really, it's still improving. Uh, his, he has a hockey IQ that is off the charts, and he's playing within himself because, I mean, naturally the game is getting faster, as I mentioned. He's not a speedster, but he's able to play play this level because of his, his mind and his experience and he just uses that experience to continually play uh, at the level that he's at. That's great. Now I got to talk to you. We got to ask you about the kid from Long Beach, Long Island here and that's Charlie McAvoy. Uh, you know, 22 years old here. Um, 54 games this year. He's, he's, he's put in a goal, 20 assists and he's got 21 points there but uh, what do you like from this kid? Uh, he's obviously made a big impact on the team, a regular starter here. Uh, talk about, uh, you know, I'll just let you take it away and take, talk about Charlie McAvoy and, and let all of us back here in Long Island know what you guys think of him. Well, I, I think I can speak for all of Boston by saying thank you, Long Island. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he's, he's a player who we, most of us here had the pleasure of watching a play while he was at Boston University where he was a guy who came in, some people thought, okay, we've got the next Raymond Borg here. He's got all kinds of offensive skills. You know, but in this day and age in the NHL, you need to concentrate on defense first. And he's done that. He's really become an, a, just an outstanding defensive defenseman. Still has the offensive skills. Still can skate the puck. Makes great passes. Sets up plays. Uh, as you said, he, he has 
19 assists on the season, and each and every one was a big one. Uh, it was great to see him score that goal because it was starting to, to wear on him a little bit. You know, he the team kept saying, don't worry about it. It'll come. He had his chances. And so when he finally scored uh, last week, it was a game winner. It was real just great to see, and the teammates and everyone in Boston was happy to see. But this is a guy, he has a future. I mean, I think when his career is done, his name will be mentioned with the Charas and the Brad Parks and the Raymond Ford. Uh, I'm going to leave off Bobby Orr because there was only one of those. But <laughs> he's going to go down, he'll go down as one of the top defensemen in the history of the Boston Bruins. Well, that's great to hear, man. Uh, like I said, we love watching him from uh, afar here and seeing him uh, do well. Obviously, when he's not playing the Islanders and the Rangers, so we wish him the, uh, the best <laughs> of success down there. Um, so get, let me get your feel here, Sean, before I let you go. Just your take, number one, on, uh, on this game here this evening. And uh, just the Bruins' chances uh, the rest of the way as far as, you know, where they're, where they're holding themselves, their own against, uh, you know, up against injuries. And, and uh, I'd love to, you know, maybe just uh, you add a little bit on uh, Coach Cassidy here and his system. And obviously since he's taken over from Claude Julian, I mean, he proved it last year getting the guys to the finals. But um, a little take on, on, on the Bruins going into tonight and maybe just a real summary of, uh, of uh, what do you think their chances are the rest of the way? Um, I think tonight, I, I, I think Boston can, can and will win the game. It's going to be a tight game. It won't. The first time these two teams played, the Bruins won eight to one. But after that, it was a three to one game, and then Montreal came back and won five to four in their third meeting. So uh, it's going to be a tight game. I really don't expect it to be a blowout. Uh, but I think Boston, I do have Boston picked to win. But I've been known to be wrong before. But. Uh, <laughs> But, no, in, in mentioning Bruce Cassidy, he deserves so much credit. You know, he came in. It was a tough, it was a tough transition. Coach Julian was, was a really respected and loved by his players. Uh, but Bruce came in and changed the style a little bit. Didn't change much on the defensive side of the puck. Offensively, he said, let's, let's you know, go for it more often. Let's, let's add more speed to the lineup. Let's use our speed. Let's take some chances. Be creative. And we've seen that uh, the rewards have come for those guys who have done that. Uh, for the rest of the way, I, I really believe this is a team that can contend again for the Stanley Cup. And it would not surprise me to see them playing in the final again this season. And I think because of that loss last year's Stanley Cup final, I think they could win it. Yeah, well, look, man, I, I'm, I'm with you there. It's going to be... I tell you, the uh, Eastern Conference, no doubt, is is the toughest road back to the Stanley Cup Finals. Is, is some of the big the, some of the big teams in the West have, uh, you know, put a lot of miles in their skates. You know, when you talk about Nashville and Chicago and L.A. and you see the changes that are going on over there. Um, so I, I think the champion's going to come through. Um, you know, the Eastern Conference. Obviously, the St. Louis Blues are going to have something to say about that, but uh, no doubt about it. And the, and the Bruins are leading the way. Well, Shawnee, look, man, for I can't sure. thank you enough for jumping on here with me for a few minutes, and, and we'll do this again before the end of the season as uh, the Bruins are definitely going to be, uh, if not the biggest team, one of the biggest teams to, to make a run for the Cup this year. Thank you so much, brother. Oh, thank you, Polly. It was, it was so great to speak with you again, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I really look forward to doing it again. You got it. Enjoy the game, pal. Be safe. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Sean Hutchin, ladies and gentlemen, and Sean uh, covers the Boston Bruins for – the fourth period, and you can follow the uh, fourth period at TFP, and you can follow Sean on Twitter at Sean Hutchin, and that's S 
H-A-W-N-H-U-T-C-H-E-O-N. Uh, Sean's a great guy, and he does uh, some, just some great coverage. He's very much involved with the local uh, area there in Boston as far as um, uh, hockey is concerned in terms of growing the game and everything else. So uh, Sean's just a great super guy to um, definitely follow and, and check in on every now and again. So uh, good stuff. And, and the Bruins are no joke. Uh, they're just, uh, you know, as far as uh, building a hockey team and a franchise with scoring and, and stars and goaltending and defense and everything else, the Bruins pretty much have it. They proved it last year, like I said, getting back to the finals. And, and they're running the gambit right now. So it should be uh, interesting to see how they go the rest of the way. Once again, everybody, you're listening to That Hockey Show. This is a debut launch right here live from Ruga's in Rockville Center, and that's 49 North Village Avenue in Rockville Center, New York, and it's just steps away from the Rockville Center train station. So uh, everybody in the city uh, along the line, don't, don't, be, uh, don't be strangers. Come on out here. Um, there's some great stuff that's going on here when we do the shows here on the Wednesday nights coming up. Uh, I just love it. I just got handed the, uh, the brand-new menu they're doing for hockey fans here, which is great. Um, face-off fries, power play pierogies, goalpost triangles, Left wing and right wing, we all wing, great wing specials. Slapshot sliders, tape-to-tape tacos, I love that one. The four-check Philly cheesesteak, the cross-check and chicken sandwich, and the any Wagyu burger. I hope I pronounced that right. And don't forget, if you come down and you wear your hockey jersey, any jersey, it doesn't matter what jersey it is, you get half-fized drinks, uh, and the regular drink specials they're doing here uh, at Arugas for the Hockey Nights is Labatt Blue. Uh, barn Rockers, for all you uh, Islander fans who are doing Barn Rocker Buckets, so don't be strangers either. Come on out here. Jägermeister Shots, which is the official shot of the NHL, and uh, that's a great special here as well, too. And you can check out all this stuff at arugas.com and just select the Rockville Center location. And again, um, you know, we're here tonight, and we'll be here back here in two weeks. The full schedule is going to be up on thsradio.com. And you can always check it out at arugas.com as well, all the promotions. So, uh, again, I can't thank uh, the crew here at Arugas for, for opening uh, their doors up for hockey fans. This is a very special night. And teams, you know, if you know teams, uh, you're running out there and you're playing on uh, either, you know, you call them beer leagues or bar leagues. Um, always interested in uh, helping out here, the Arugas with sponsorships and everything else. Um, you know, club teams, everything else. Bring them out. This is a great family environment down here at Arugas, too. So come on down with a bunch of people. And if you all coming down with more than 10, uh, Arugas will hook you up with some custom specials as well. So um, definitely come on down to Arugas. Check it out. And once again, the show here, uh, that hockey show, will be broadcasting live. And we'll be on iTunes and Spotify and all your favorite podcast platforms. And we have a lot of great stuff coming up down the road with special guest hosts here. We'll be hanging out here live with me up at Aruga, so uh, definitely come on down. So we're really excited about kicking these things off here. I really am, uh, and I'm excited to do this uh, with Arugas and have a lot of fun and, and just hang out with a whole bunch of puckheads. It's going to be great stuff. So here's the deal. I'm going to take another quick break here. When we come back, uh, my buddy Liam McGuire calling in from uh, Ottawa up in the Great White North, and, uh, man, he knows the Habs inside and out as, as far as everything else in the NHL is concerned, uh, and we'll have him on the other side. Once again, you're listening to That Hockey Show Live from Arugas in Rockville Center, and we'll be right back. Every night is a great night at Arugas Grill House and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York. 
home of the notorious B.I.G. Pretzel, 44 taps, and 50 widescreen TVs. Come in early every Monday through Friday for happy hour and enjoy half-price drinks and wings 4 to 6 p.m. Wear your medical ID and get half-price taps and apps on Medical Mondays. Tuesday night is poker night with half-price apps 6 p.m. to close. Kids also eat free on Mondays and Tuesdays with the purchase of an adult entree. Select Wednesdays, we host Paint Night, and you can sing your heart out on Karaoke Thursdays. Party with the best Long Island bands every Friday and Saturday night, and then get half-price apps and drinks on our Sunday industry nights starting at 8 p.m. Arugas does it all, and you can have it all. Located at 49 North Village Avenue in Rockville Center, New York, just steps away from the Rockville Center train station. Call us today at 516-744-9464 or visit arugas.com and click on our location. Arugas, this is your turf. Hey, Long Island and New York City hockey fans, tune in to the all-new That Hockey Show on THSRadio.com. Broadcasting live on select Wednesday nights from Aruga's Grillhouse and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York, where the game is always on. Join your host, Paul Cuthbert, at 7 p.m. for a pregame show before the puck drops at 8 p.m. for the game of the week. Skate on down with your line mates for great prizes and giveaways, craft beers, full menu, and lots of hockey-themed specials. Go to THSRadio.com for complete schedule and list of upcoming special guest hosts and featured interviews. That hockey show, Arugas, Wednesday nights. It's a natural hat trick. Arugas of Rockville Center, the best sports bar experience, period. Full kitchen, 44 taps, and every seat in the house has a great view of all your favorite sports in action on 50 widescreen TVs. Every UFC fight, all MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL games, NASCAR, and more. Arugas is home of the notoriously B.I.G. Pretzel and serves all your favorite bar food, including award-winning free-range wings with 20 choices of sauce. In addition to great weeknight specials, Arugas presents Long Island's best bands on Fridays and Saturday nights for a -a one-of-a-kind live music experience. Arugas is a great place to host a party or have us cater it right at your own home. Can't make it out during the week? Arugas provides takeout and delivery. Arugas does it all, and you can have it all. Located at 49 North Village Avenue in Rockville Center, New York, just steps away from the Rockville Center train station. Call us today at 516-744-9464 or visit arugas.com and click on our location. Arugas, this is your turn. You're listening to That Hockey Show, live from Aruga's Grillhouse and Sports Bar in Rockville Center, New York, where the game is always on. If you're on Long Island or in the New York metro area, bring your favorite line mates out to see the show on location. Broadcasts are on select Wednesday nights starting at 7 p.m. Hey there. Once again, everybody, welcome back to 
That Hockey Show live from Arugas here in Rockwell Center, 49 North Village Avenue. Come on down and uh, hang out with us here as we do uh, the Hockey Show here every couple of uh, Wednesday nights here. Right now joining me, my good friend, NHL historian, author, Habs insider, he does it all, my good friend, Mr. Liam McGuire. Liam, giddy up and welcome from Ottawa. Say hello to everybody here on Long Island. She's going great, buddy. Great to hear your voice, and I uh, appreciate you coming here on the uh, the launch show here, the That Hockey Show here at Arugas. So, buddy, look, um, before we get into the Habs Bruins here tonight, I want to introduce you to everybody here and, and, and let them know about, uh, you know, how we've gotten to know each other here a little bit. You are an NHL historian. I heard you years ago on SiriusXM, and you were going on and on and on and just rolling off stats, and it was uh, something I'd never heard before in my life, and I thought it was great. I reached out to you, and then, long story short, we've had this friendship over the last few years. Me and you have a little show called Sticks and Taps that we do during the week on Thursdays, uh, but you've worked with me over the years. Um, but, um, you know, you're, you're a, a, an NHL historian and a stats guy. You have a couple of books, and uh, these days you've just released your own uh, brand-new book, uh, which is The Real Ogie, The Life and Legend of Ogie Oglethorpe, which is based on the uh, famous character in Slapshot. So um, just say hi to everybody and, 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 and just, you know, let everybody know, that, you know, a couple of things that you've been doing based around what I just mentioned. That was great, and uh, um, I know you're a huge hockey fan, and, and you're doing great stuff with your own Ranger uh, podcast, and congratulations on kicking this one off tonight, and I'm uh, honored uh, to, be, to be a part of it and talk a little hockey with you here for as long as you want as the game gets going here at Montreal-Boston. Uh, I bill myself as the world's number one NHL historian. There's nobody drawing a breath on the planet Earth that knows more history in the National Hockey League off the top of their head than I do, and I've been, uh, I've been uh, backing that up for 40 years. So I've written four books. And I'm writing a screenplay right now, that last one he just touched on, on, on uh, Ogie Oglethorpe. The real Ogie Oglethorpe is a man named Goldie Goldthorpe. He lives in Surrey, British Columbia. He's from northern Ontario. Uh, he's borderline psychotic and uh, lived the most insane life of any former pro athlete over a lifetime or career that I've certainly ever you know, encompassed or come across. So had a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun with that. He's calmed down a little bit now, I'm happy to say, let people know. He's not out there... Uh, Absolutely losing his mind anymore like he did for many years. But having a lot of fun with that, Paulie, and uh, still watching the NHL, obviously, and and uh, cheering on my Habs as they probably will miss the playoffs again this year. And uh, just uh, just enjoying my time on earth here and uh, with my kids and uh, having the odd pint and just uh, uh, rocking and rolling, kid. No, it's great stuff, buddy. And uh, like I said, me and you have had uh, quite a laugh here over the years. So let's talk about this game. Um, obviously, the Bruins are, um, you know, kind of running the gambit as the puck is just dropping here uh, in, in Beantown right now. And the Habs themselves have been kind of um, re-identified themselves over the last couple of years and fighting to get uh, into the wild card spot. Um, but before we talk about where these guys are right now and, and what you think the outcome of this game might be, just talk about a little bit the, the history of this rivalry between the Bruins and the Canadians and, and maybe one of your favorite memories. <clears throat> well, I think, I think it's one of the... I mean, everybody knows it as a great hockey rivalry, which it is, uh, for sure that it is. But it gets lost sometimes in translation when people talk about rivalries because, you know, it's the Battle of Alberta, which is now has been the most prevalent one uh, most recently, as we all well know. And, and then you go back, you've got right in your own backyard, the Battle of New York, the Islanders and the Rangers, late 70s and in through the early to mid 80s and, and beyond, 
the Battle of Quebec, which may have been one of the most emotionally charged um, no, uh, fifth, whatever number of years in Nordiques. Let's see, they came in the NHL in 79 and they left in 94, 95. So that's like 16 years. That may have been the most emotionally charged rivalry, unless you go back to the Canadians and Maroons way back in the 20s and 30s. But Montreal and Boston, it really doesn't take a backseat to many. When you Certainly when you talk about historical, it goes back to Eddie Shore and Howie Morenz. And I'll tell you something, Paulie. Till the day Eddie Shore died in the mid-1980s, so he, he he only caught Mario Lemieux at the very start of his career, but he got he got a good six or seven years of Wayne, and he saw Bobby Orr, and he saw Bobby Hull and Rocket Richard and Gordy Howe. Until the day he died, he said the best player he ever saw in his life was Howie Morenz. That that's the respect that he had for for that opponent, and they went out at tooth and nail. And if anybody ever does take a few minutes and wants to explore a little bit about some of the great hockey days with these superstars of days gone by. You go back to the 1930 and 31 Stanley Cup playoffs, Montreal-Boston, and it was unbelievable. I know the hockey isn't comparable to today, but if anybody thinks that you couldn't take Eddie Shore and Howie Morenz and make them born in 1985 like Alexander Ovechkin, and they wouldn't come out and be dominant in today's game, given their compete level and and their unbelievable innate sense and toughness and skill and talent that they had then, and they wouldn't have that today, you'd be sorely mistaken. So the Montreal-Boston rivalry goes that far back. And and uh, as we all well know, the Habs dominated it for years, right? Boston, even the playing field in the late 80s and early 90s. And then, uh, you know, it's been pretty much sort of a 500 uh, run here in the last 10 or 12 years, the few times that they've met. But the Bruins got scoreboard in that win in 2011 on the Nathan Horton overtime goal in Game 7. And they went on to win the Cup. And, and they went to the finals in 2013 and the finals last year. So... Uh, they certainly are have stepped away from this rivalry in terms of uh, against the Habs in recent times. But historically, in my view, Paulie, it really doesn't take a backseat to anybody because it goes back many, 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 many years. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, what was that series in uh, Chara? I can't remember the player. He he laid into the uh, the glass. Max Pacioretty. Yeah, oh. Pacioretty. Yeah, that, I mean, that's... And that was probably one of the more recent ones. You got Milan Lucic in the lineup, right? Threatening to kill half the Hab roster in uh, in 2014. You're dead. You're dead. I'm going to kill you. I mean, it's <laughs> you got some good stuff. Even in recent times, right? There's been some good stuff. The animosity isn't like it ever was like back in the day. Like people talk about brothers fighting. Montreal and Boston had brothers play against each other and drop the gloves back in the day. The Reardon brothers, T- Terry and Kenny, Fought each other, I believe it was in 1947. So it goes way back, man. I mean, you got Rocket Richard and some of his biggest moments came against the Boston Bruins. And not just him. I mean, Leo Labine, uh, Bill Quackenbush, these guys, Fernie Flamin and Dickie Moore had one of the best rivalries in the 1950s. They both told me that to my face. They wanted to kill each other. I mean, it's... it's uh, it is a great rivalry that goes back decades. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, the Chara hit on Pacioretty. <laughs> yeah, Montreal fans were dialing 911. <laughs> Give me a break. 
I'm a half fan, and that's just the idiocy that exists sometimes in that fan base. But, but I'll tell you what. You had um, Andrew Ference who scored and gave all the half fans the finger. <laughs> you got all sorts of stories, you know. And that's that's good because that's just in the 2000s. So it's it's nice to see. I think there's always going to be something innate between the rosters because you put on the sweater and you'd have to have lived under a rock to not understand that there's uh, that there's something special in these games. But we know, Paulie, that the game's different today and it's never going to be the same. You're not going to have, you know, you can go on, uh, uh, you, you can go on YouTube and see where Jean Beliveau went in the stands. John Ferguson was suspended and the Habs had a game in Boston and it became a bench clearing brawl. And, and the Habs ended up going in the stands in Boston. Everybody just talks about Mike Bilberry, you know, with the shoe hitting the guy in the head right there. In, Good times in New York, in New York baby. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'll tell you what, you go 10 years earlier in 1970, and the Canadians went in the stands in Boston. So, you know, it's it's just one of those ones you don't really know a lot about. But if anybody's listening wants to have a little fun on YouTube so, some night, grab yourself a couple of cold pints and dial that buddy, uh, puppy back. It's about 20 minutes long, and it's quite a quite a brawl. But, you know, it largely happened because John Ferguson wasn't in the lineup, and and uh, they went nuts on the Habs that night. But Jean Beliveau got involved, too. God rest his soul. And uh, it was quite a moment. But, I mean, there's so many. You ask me about my favorite. Look at I was in the building, okay, May 10, 79. I'm a Hab fan, so you know I'm picking a Montreal memory here. But I was in the building, the too many men on the ice. Game 7, semifinals, Thursday night, May 10, 79. I was there when uh, Lafleur scored to tie the game at 4. And I was there at my late dad. I've told you this story, Paulie. You know my late father was born and raised in Dublin, Ireland. Yep. And that railing shook that night. We had standing room only seats. and uh, we, we were standing behind the Reds, and that railing shook that night. And I'll never forget it. It's the loudest I've ever heard a building. And Yvonne Lambert scored in overtime. But, you know, that's a real bad moment for Boston on May 10th. You want to go nine years earlier, and you got arguably the greatest moment ever on May 10th, and that's Bobby Orr flying through the air. And I watched that on TV, obviously. And as I like to say, and I'm the only man ever to publish this, there are 70 associations to the number four at that exact moment that Bobby scored that goal. It's the greatest statistical numerical anomaly in the history of the world. There are 70 associations when Bob Yor scored that goal on Mother's Day, May 10th, 1970. He wore four. He was tripped by Noel Picard who wore four. It was the fourth goal, the fourth period in the fourth game to make the score 43 at the 42nd mark. It was Boston's fourth Stanley Cup. Or won the Conn Smythe, first guy to win four trophies. 70 associations, Paulie. So you've got a lot of great Boston moments and uh, obviously a lot of great Montreal moments. And... Uh, I'll be, I've, I've, I've witnessed a lot live, thankfully. That's mostly because of my age now. But uh, <laughs> I, I also uh, am very proud to say that I call a lot of those guys, not just the Habs, but uh, a lot of those Bruins, including Bobby Orr, uh, Phil Esposito, and a lot of those guys, uh, I call them friends of mine today. Bobby wrote the foreword to my, uh, to my second book, and I'll forever be grateful for him uh, to do that. So uh, it's a special, uh, they're a special group of men. And those, that rivalry, this rivalry is a special rivalry. And it goes back, um, you know, 90 years and 90 plus years. And I, I think when you've got that type of consistency in sports and you can look at that, that's, that's a pretty special thing. No doubt. And as I'm listening to you roll off all those names and all those guys you've hung out with and stuff, I, I wonder why I even talk to you because I'm so jealous. 
It's not fair. <laughs> see all the pictures. Uh, you know why, man? Because we both like our whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Great stuff there, Liam. So let's talk about this team right now. Uh, you know, a, a, a flip there a few years back with Claude Julian uh, jumping over the other side there and, and taking over the Habs. And, and I always, I've always liked Claude Julian. I loved him as a coach of the Bruins, and I thought he was going to be a, a great answer to the Habs here. Um, it hasn't really turned into too much magic. Obviously, a couple of tough series there over the last few years. But maybe, um, what's your take on, on on the on the identity of the Montreal Canadiens today? Uh, you know, even outside of uh, you know they're just trying to get into the playoffs, like a whole bunch of other teams right now, as far as the wild card's concerned. But maybe you could just um, I'd love to hear your opinion just on the, on the identity of the Habs. What are they? Who are they? And, and where do you see them going here? Um, you know, forward as far as, you know, being a, an original six team, you have such a great game here, this great rivalry that's going on tonight. Um, but I think maybe they've, um, you know, and we've talked about this in the past as the Bruins just popped one in, um, about, you know, the Habs not maybe, maybe taking up the storylines that they used to um, as in years past. So maybe if you don't mind, just maybe where you think they stand right now in the league. Well, right now they stand there down one nothing. <laughs> <laughs> sure do, buddy. Uh, the brutal giveaway in uh, in uh, in the neutral zone, and you just you can't afford to make mistakes like that. And uh, uh, you know the neutral zone is death for giveaways. I think as most people know, and that's a cross seam pass in the neutral zone. And Boston goes down, and uh, one of the greatest players in the league right now, Pasternak, puts it in one nothing. Uh, Bob's your uncle. The Habs actually were skating pretty good through the first seven minutes of the game, but uh, with no Shea Weber and. Uh, and still banged up. There'll be no match for Boston, I don't think, when this puppy's done tonight. But to go to your question, the identity, and that really is a good question from a Montreal perspective. I'll tell you why. Because they don't have an identity. They're, they're, uh, they're a team of dwarfs, you know? They're, they, they're, they, 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 they have no identity anymore. They, they, they absolutely uh, um, have not. They seem to have struggled here. We'll try to figure out what to do after they went to the semifinals in 2014 and Kerry got hurt on the Kreider hit and they've kind of gone downhill since then. And yeah, there's been a couple of series victories, you know, they beat the, they beat the senators the first round in 2015. And, you know, you, you, you win a round or two, but they, I mean, they're going to miss the playoffs this year. It'll be four out of five years. And partly because they're missing an identity. They used to be, what was it for four decades? It was fire wagon hockey. Now they're fast. They are fast. Make no mistake. They're probably when they're when everybody's healthy and in the lineup, they may be as quick a team as there is in the league. But uh, their their top line, their top six line, their top six forwards are a bunch of second liners. They've got little or no size, or certainly anybody that knows anything how to how to use it. They've got little or no physicality. And you know what? I'm going to say this right now. Not very popular as a Montreal fan to say, but I'm going to say it. And he's hurt right now, so it feels like I'm piling on. But, you know, Shea Weber, who I love, and he's been a great captain. He's come over, a very contentious trade. I loved it from the get-go. Don't want to get into that. But if Shea Weber needs to steal a page from anybody, and God willing, in a month here or less, he's or, or four to six, as they're saying, he's back, and, and he's got a few years left in him. But Pauly, if he needs to steal a page from anybody, steal it from Zidane Chera who's eight years older. He's eight years older than Weber, and he's already had five fights this year, and he doesn't take shit from anybody. And Weber's out there at six foot four. They call him a man mountain, and he's had one fight in three years. And it's not all about fighting, but sometimes 
You got to take the two, five, and ten. If you're losing by three goals at the end of the game, my God, I used to do that in men's league for God's sake. Like, like go out there and rip somebody's head off, and they have no identity to do that anymore. When they when they start to lose, when they started to lose a grip on being a competitive team on the ice and challenging for the Stanley Cup, they still had players in their lineup who would not take losing gracefully. And that is not the case in Montreal anymore. Look, I know that is symptomatic with the league. I get that. All you left-wing tree huggers out there. I get oh. I, I know that's what they want. I know that's what they want, Polly. It's what they want. They're drinking their Shirley Temples. They don't want anybody to throw a dirty look. But at the end of the day, in a collision sport, full contact, alpha males in their 20s, you got to play with some bad intentions, carrying weapons, blades on your feet, the whole nine yards. And Montreal has lost that identity of compete. They don't have that ability to compete. Look at, you could say maybe Pittsburgh didn't either when they won their back-to-back cups. Go down their roster. They had four or five guys that would lose a spleen to win a game. And until you have that makeup on your roster, at least to some degree, you used to need it throughout 30, 40 years ago. And I know a lot of people listening right now, they would have no idea. They're too young. But now you don't need that, but you need five or six guys. And the Canadians have not had that in a long, long, long time. They're fast. They don't have a natural score. They don't have, they haven't been able to develop a frontline go-to scorer, top 100 point, top 10 score. Paulie, do you know the last time Montreal Canadiens had a top 10 score? I couldn't tell you. Matt Maslin. <laughs> That's their last time. Maslin is a blast score. from the past. So they have put a lot of Band-Aids on a lot of bad teams and have gotten by either with great goaltending, could be Price, could be Jose Theodore, could be the miracle run of a lack in 2010, could be a back to Patrick Waugh, who did win them a couple cups. But since then, man, uh, this team has really lacked identity, in my opinion. And, and I think the makeup of the team and the general managers who have tried to put it together, albeit with a couple of rare exceptions, have not done a good enough job at it. And that's why they haven't been back in a final or certainly threatened for a Stanley Cup. No, well put, brother. Brother, it's, um, like I said, it's, uh, like I said, when you're down here in the States here and you're looking up at a, a top franchise like that and uh, with so much winning history behind them, and it's been a long time since 93, and certainly, obviously, here in New York, uh, 94, it's been quite a long time, and the Islander fans know it's been even longer. Uh, but these are big teams that were uh, just, uh, you know, running amok and running the gambit there back in the, you know, late 70s and early 80s. And, and obviously, like I said, the Rangers and the Habs have had their chances in terms of getting close in the conference finals and everything else and, and good stuff. And, and this is a good mix here as far as them, you know, the wild card system with all, with all the pack and stuff. But uh, I think you nailed it there, man. It's, it's good, uh, you know, just a good take on, on where they are, and especially for a lot of us who aren't following them on a day-to-day basis. You know, because, you know, Liam, as far as, you know, NHL fans, you, you're, you're diehard for your own team, but you're very familiar with the crests and, and the back history from a lot of the other teams that are playing. So I uh, appreciate that take on, uh, on this squad right now. So, hey, look, buddy, they're, uh, they're down uh, one nothing, And uh, I guess the last thing I'll ask you before you go is, uh, are the Habs going to make the playoffs or what? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> there it is, no, there's, <laughs> no, there, there's, there's no, there's no miracle run coming here. They can't. You know, they before they had their first game, uh, their first eight game losing streak, they had gone seven, one and two, which was their best run of the year. So uh, but you know what, Paulie, um, 
Wayne Gretzky says it best. You know, there's he said to it, Wayne himself said there's four parts to every season. You got preseason, regular season, playoffs, and Stanley Cup finals. Each one get progressively progressively harder, more physical, more daunting a task to be successful in. And and if you break that down internally and look at the regular season, the regular season in November is vastly different than February. And and now, especially with Weber out four to six now, and Paul Byron hasn't come back. And this is Drew Wayne's third game back, and he's been invisible. He could have won that game on him in Arizona. He was in on a breakaway all alone, real tepid effort. And he was playing the best hockey of his career before he got hurt. And they said he'd be out six weeks. He missed like, I don't know, nine, ten, whatever. I mean, look, it happens. It's injuries, part of the game. But no, there isn't going to be any miracle for them this year. And uh, they've got some big decisions to make. This is a whole other issue. I mean, does does Mark Bergevin deserve the opportunity to continue to die, to try and build this roster into a ninth year? And does Claude Julian deserve the opportunity to coach it? When you keep putting Cousins and Wheel out on the power play units, as he did most of the year, then you have to start to question the sanity of a man. Is he more concerned about you know certain defensive schemes and uh, and alignments and assignments? Even on the power play, you have to start to wonder. And Mark Bergevin, I can tell you where he lost me. I don't know I'm out of time here. I'm going to tell you very quickly. The Alexander Radulov situation, okay, three years ago. They sign him. Bergevin does a great thing. It's just like it's just like Kovalchuk right now. Nobody wanted Radulov. Nobody. And Bergevin brings him over one year, and he plays lights out. Then he wants a multi-year deal at six a year. And Montreal says, no way. Even though they got tons of cap space. And they say, no, no way. So he goes to Dallas, and he, and he signs, and then all of a sudden, Bergeron tries to jump back in. Oh, okay, hey, you know what, Alex? Oh, we thought you were bluffing. You loved it here in Montreal. We did you a solid here. We thought we'd, you'd come back with us. Okay, we'll match it. No, er, too late. Too late. <laughs> he signed with Dallas, so you screwed up. You screwed up. And as a general manager, you should not get that mulligan. And he's had three mulligans since then. This isn't three strikes and you're out in pro sports. It's all about winning. It is, this isn't a developmental league. And, and uh, to me, to me, he has lost the opportunity. And I'll tell you what we got going on here. This is what it looks like to me. And this is something you're going to be very familiar with. This is starting to look to me like a Mike Milbury situation on Long Island. When nobody in their right well, mind could figure out how long he lasted as a general manager on Long Island, right, don't bring buddy? That up around you know here, what I'm like, talking about? Yeah, don't bring that up around here. It's, it's a painful <laughs> experience for a lot of all the fans. Well, <laughs> guess what? Guess what? That's that's where we're heading right now in Montreal. We are heading to that type of situation. If Bergevin is kept through this summer, then I think we're heading to that to that situation and. Uh, the Habs are going to be in the draft lottery. They're probably going to get a pick around wherever, 12th or something. And, uh, you know, they got Cole Caulfield coming. They got Romanoff coming. They've got some exciting prospects. Uh, they've got a couple of good prospects in the uh, in the minors as well. And, uh, obviously, they've got no depth, and that's why these injuries have really hurt them. These two eight-game losing streaks were just a product, really, of uh, uh, not just, you know, no depth, but also uh, – some shoddy goaltending by Price early on. He's been better lately. But um, anyway, buddy, they've got some big issues here. They really do. And I don't think Mark Bergevin deserves the opportunity to continue. Having said that, I think he will. I think him and Jeff Molson, the owner of the team, now have a relationship to me that is somewhat similar. That's why I brought up that name. I won't say it again, but in your backyard. <laughs> and uh, I think 
think we're we're heading towards a similar situation here, and it's not good. Well, if that's the case, buddy, you better load up the fridge, all right? <laughs> you're, you're gonna need My fridge is it. always loaded, brother. It's always loaded, and guess what? I'm usually shortly behind it. <laughs> all right, pal, thanks so much. We'll leave it there, let you enjoy the rest of the game. And Liam, man, you know, as always, I love talking to you, and I can't thank you enough for... Uh, jumping on this launch for me here tonight at Arugas and Rockwell Center. So thanks so much, buddy. And uh, I will talk to you on Thursday, pal, okay? You got it, pal. You got it. We'll talk tomorrow. You got it. Liam McGuire, ladies and gentlemen, NHL historian and uh, author as well. Uh, Make sure you follow Liam at Liam's underscore hockey. And uh, Liam's just a super guy. We do a lot of work. We talk a lot of hockey with each other. Uh, during the course of the year, and it's great to have him uh, on the show with us. And uh, I want to also thank uh, Sean Hutchin uh, from the fourth period for jumping on before earlier, talking some Bruins as well. And uh, I want to just uh, say a couple things here before we wrap up the debut show here at Arugas. Once again, thank you to Arugas Management and Ownership here for inviting me in to uh, talk some hockey and, and open up this place for hockey fans. And uh, coming up down the road, like I said, we're going to have a uh, a lot more uh, in-house uh, co-hosts here standing up here with me, and we'll be talking a lot more hockey. We'll cover a lot more Rangers and Islanders as well. Um, and if you haven't seen them yet, check out the menu. It's just some great stuff here. Uh, if you guys listening at home right now in the archives, uh, face-off fries, power play pierogies, goalpost triangles, left wing and right wing, we all wing, slap shot sliders, tape-to-tape tacos, four-check Philly cheesesteak, cheese the cross-checking chicken. Man, you can't go wrong here. Wear your hockey jersey down here. Uh, when we do the show and you get half price drinks, it doesn't matter what jersey you wear. Um, it could be a Golden Seals jersey from years ago, a Hartford Whalers. It doesn't matter. Wear, wear your team jersey, wear your club jersey. It doesn't matter. Come on down. Half price drinks, Lats Blue, uh, Bon Rocker buckets for the Islander fans, and Jägermeister shots too. So there's all this great stuff going on there down here at Arugas. Check out arugas.com. Uh, click on the Rockville Center location. And the other great thing they have down here at Rugas is live music. They have the best Long Island bands come in here on Fridays and Saturday nights. So make sure you come down here for some great live music as well. It's just a super place. So if you haven't been to Arugas in Rockwell Center, get down here. Uh, definitely come down if you're a hockey fan on the Wednesday nights. We're going to be doing the shows. We'll be back here in two weeks. But definitely check out all the specials. Um, and you can come here. <laughs> yeah, the special. Every week, there's always something special going on here. Karaoke night, uh, industry night, medical night. There's all stuff, great stuff, but uh, definitely check it out. So with that said, I want to thank uh, everybody for tuning in tonight and everybody who came down this evening down to Arugas. I uh, really appreciate the support. And again, thanks to Arugas for opening this up. We're back here in two weeks with more great stuff, more hockey, and uh, we'll take it from there. So enjoy the rest of your night, ladies and gentlemen. And always uh, stay on the ice. Stay cool, baby.